0: Before we get started, I wanted to say thank you to the supporters of the podcast bringing you today's episode. You can find out more about supporting the show and accessing bonus episodes at patreon.com slash Disciples. Also, today's episode, the audio is slightly off, so thank you for your patience with that. This is Diapers and Disciples, Episode 70. On Diapers and Disciples, we're talking about living out the Great Commission as a mom. I'm Amber O'Hearn, and this is the sixth and final part of our series on nurturing the faith of Catholic kids. Today's chat is with wife and mama, Lindsay Dyson. We're talking about how Lindsay brings her four kids under seven to daily Mass, some tips for moms wanting to get into a daily Mass routine, and the fruits she's seen by bringing her kids to morning Mass. Lindsay also shares some of the joys and struggles of motherhood and how she and her husband talk with their kids about miscarriage. I know you're going to love this conversation. Thanks for listening in today. Here's my chat with Lindsay. Hi, Lindsay, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Hi, thank you for having me, I'm honored.
0: So excited to chat with you. We've been emailing back and forth for a while now and I'm so excited to chat in person specifically about um, bringing kids to daily mass and also just about life as a mom. But, um, we've had a lot of questions. I put it out out on Instagram, you know, do you have questions for about bringing kids to daily mass? And there was a lot of people that had questions. (laughs) So I'm so glad it's something we're talking about. Um, so before we jump in, um, why don't you just go ahead and tell us a little bit about you and about your family?
1: Okay. I grew up in San Diego um, and the Lord took me to Franciscan University for college, which was not my plan at all, but worked out really nicely. <laughs> um, I met my husband there. He was is from um, Idaho, and we got married after college and moved back here. He works for the family business, um, so we're actually currently living in his hometown, which is really nice and um, and I love Idaho, so that's been great. We have, um, a six-year-old Magdalene, a four-year-old Lucy, which you have a four-year-old Lucy. Yeah, <laughs> that's <Yes. so> fun. <laughs> um, and then a two-year-old Colby, and a, let's see, five-month-old, his name is Pax Joseph, and so we oh, <laughs> cool. call him PJ, which Oh, my is, goodness. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Um, So that always makes me laugh
0: when I hear that on the podcast.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's
0: so sweet. And how old is PJ, did you say? Uh, Five months. Okay. Oh, my goodness. That's so so fun. so great.
1: So we have um, four kiddos, and we had two miscarriages. Mm -hmm. Um, So we ask those babies intercession all the time. And my kids are like... um, they're just, just as much a part of our family as any of our kids here. It's, Mm -hmm. it's really, uh, it honestly, it kind of hurts my heart at times because it's like that, you know, constant reminder, but it's also so, I'm so thankful. My kids just talk about them like, yeah, like they're here. Mm -hmm. Um, so my husband does, um, human resources for his family business or his dad's family business, like I said, and then I, Um, get to just stay home with the kids, which is a blessing and a sacrifice at times, but also um, I'm often reminded that it's quite a luxury as well. Mm -hmm. So I'm really grateful for that.
0: That's awesome. And um, what comes to mind when you think about how you personally live out the Great Commission as a mom? So something I've been
1: thinking about um, is how the disciples, the apostles spent so much time with Jesus and how like, it wasn't, the apostles didn't just like show up for the big parts, you know, Mm -hmm. and go home. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I've been thinking about that, like in raising kids and just in, um, I don't know, living out that great commission, you know, as a Christian, as a Catholic, that um, it's so important that, it really touches all parts of our lives and that we incorporate it into everything that we do. Um, And just really creating a Catholic culture Mm -hmm. um, as a way to um, draw others to Christ. So um, part of a Catholic culture, and I guess I'm going to backtrack a little bit. Um, I was raised Catholic uh, but not, I would say the first time that I really experienced Catholic culture was in college at Franciscan um, mm-hmm. because it is a Catholic school and it's just very, very Catholic. And I imagine you probably had a, a um, big Catholic culture like with doing that. Right. Um, but so that was just really transformative um, for me and my life and my faith. And so now I feel like being out in the real world um, with my family, I'm just always trying to build that culture as best as I can in my home and just in everything we do that our faith really touches all aspects of our lives. Um, you know, like the disciples who've traveled around with Jesus and just did they eat with him, you know, like they did everything. They just lived life with him. Yeah. So um, I that's... I don't know. I think that's a big part of
0: what I think about <laughs> living with yeah. the Great Commission. I love that so much because I don't often think about that, the, you know, hidden small moments of having a meal with Christ and traveling with Jesus, The you know, the Apostles experience. That's really, That's really neat to think about that. And especially in relation to motherhood in those small moments of making breakfast and driving to the grocery store and things like that. Yeah, just um, being aware of those small moments, being a part of the Great Commission as well. That's really beautiful. Um, I wanted to ask you, so you weren't, you said you weren't planning on going to Franciscan and it just kind of, Uh, how how did that come about? um,
1: I was very set in staying in California for my entire, entire life. I never, ever wanted to leave. (laughs) And I had this grand plan of, I was going to go to college somewhere within four hours of like driving, um, from where I grew up, um, so that I could go home on weekends if I wanted to. And then the Lord just over time made it very, very clear that, um, he wanted me to go to Franciscan and I was still kind of fighting it but a friend was going out to visit so I thought okay well I'll I'll go visit the school and just stepping on campus I knew immediately that that's where I needed to be Mm
0: -hmm. and it's
1: amazing I just love Franciscan so much.
0: Yeah that's awesome we I was able to go visit once um and it was actually for my net interview weekend because they host their interview weekends at Franciscan well some of them and um i remember being just blown away by there was like five mass like five daily masses offered a day <laughs> and i was like what are all these options this is amazing and um just seeing so many faithful college age catholics was really really incredible and yeah the experience of being on the campus um and just experiencing the love and the hospitality from the students and the staff was really neat so good yeah Yeah, that's very cool a really incredible place yeah that's neat and I love that you say that you love Idaho because I don't know I, maybe I know a few other people from Idaho, but people don't talk about Idaho like, oh, I love living in Idaho, at least not my experience. So it's oh my gosh. I that's know. awesome. My husband, when we first met and he told
1: me he was from Idaho, I was like, Idaho? Who lives in Idaho? <laughs> and I was <laughs> kind of embarrassing to admit, but I remember going back to my dorm room and like Googling Idaho. <laughs> And I was like, "Oh, it is kind of pretty there." Yeah, what is actually in Idaho? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's... I was like, "I have no idea." And he was telling me, "Like, yeah, it's really pretty." And I was like, "Yeah, sure." <laughs> <laughs> it just kind of people assume. I think they associate. Well, people get confused all the time between Idaho, Ohio, and Iowa. Oh very yeah. Mm-hmm. So um I think that they just lump Idaho in with like the Midwest, which is definitely not the Midwest (laughs) right yeah that's so interesting I do really love it here it's a really great place to raise
0: kids it's Mm. super conservative I I really love it are you guys in like a small small town is that what you said or
1: well for Idaho it's quite big
0: okay (laughs) um but yeah it's a small town yeah and then are you able to go and visit your family in California very often
1: yeah, we try to get down a, I don't know, it's with the, as the number of kids grows, our number of trips to California decreases. Yeah. But it's it's so nice having um, my family to visit in San Diego because it's not a bad place to have to go visit right. regularly. <laughs> That's neat. That's really yeah. awesome. Good.
0: Um, well, Lindsay, I would love to hear maybe just what some of your just in relation to motherhood, what have been some of your greatest joys and challenges as a Catholic mom?
1: Probably the hardest period of time in my motherhood was when my first was born. Mm -hmm. And um, I just really, you know, like you think you're not that selfish and then you get married and you're like, Oh wow. I have to think about another person. Like now I'm really, you know, selfless. And then, we had our first, and it just mm. really rocked my world. Mm. <laughs> like, um, I don't know, just having this little human being that was relying on me and I, and I couldn't put myself first anymore, um, mm. that was really challenging. And it's something, I mean, I think it's just something that I personally struggle with in general, <laughs>
0: just mm-hmm. being selfish. Yeah, that, I would say that was probably the most challenging time for us as well, was um, having Lucy our first and going from that transition of no kids to um, having a child. And I also feel like I experienced that same like train that you experienced where it's like, you get married and it's like, okay, now, wow, I'm really having to practice being selfless and okay, I think I'm doing okay at it. And then you have a child and it's like, oh my goodness, it's just amplified. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, So that, that has definitely been um, a challenge. Um, I also think just finding a balance, like in all things, you know, we need a balance. And as a mom, you make so many decisions for your kids. And you know, of course you love them so much and you want them to be safe and healthy and um, just coming up with the best balance of not being like constantly worried about everything and not being, you know, way over the top, um, but also still doing, you know, like um, taking your responsibility very seriously. Um, you know, just some of those decisions that you have to make, like, I don't know, whether it be like, Vaccinations or like car seats, mm-hmm. or um, just how much you can protect your kids from the world, and you know, like all those decisions that you have to make. I've, I think it's, it's challenging to find like the good balance of, of really where the Lord is calling you and your family mm-hmm. in those things.
0: Yeah. yeah. Totally I can definitely relate to that, and then also the influence of everyone's opinions on on things as well, and like trying to figure out what's best for your family and best for your kids and yeah
1: and and like everyone's opinions like your own family's opinions and mm-hmm. in-laws and friends and you know like it it seems very um, seldom that you find another family that is really living the faith and raising their kids like you do, because, you know, we're all different people. We're all different right. families. And there's a whole gray area, <laughs> you know, yeah. that we have to like somehow land in there somewhere, but um, yeah, it can yeah. be challenging. Yeah. Um, that's good. So as far as joys, um, I, oh man, I think just, watching my kids' faith grow and um I yeah, that's and and the way that they challenge me and my faith, you know, mm-hmm. like whether it be with um the miscarriages and you know, someone will ask me like, Oh, how many kids do you have or you know, a question of that sort and I answer with my four that are here and my oldest Maggie is like, no, they're six. I'm like, mm. okay. <laughs> and they're six. You're right. Um, and but just like their faith and like, uh, the way they've embraced so many things, um, they, so with, I feel like maybe the most beautiful part of like having miscarriages has been that, uh, my kids, want like really desire heaven mm. because they you know, we believe that um our two little babies are already in heaven and so um that has been just a huge joy is hearing my kids talk about heaven like you know, like they wish we went yesterday. <laughs>
0: oh, <yeah. laughs> um wow. So I oh think, go ahead. I was just gonna say I think that's so beautiful to um include your kids so much in that we've, we've had two miscarriages, but we, and we've, um, talked to the kids about it, but we don't often bring it up. But I think that's really beautiful that, um, it's something that your kids like often recall, (laughs) you know, that there's, there's two more of us and having that hope for heaven is really beautiful. Um, they've really, um,
1: I don't know. I don't feel like it's something we pushed a ton. It's Hmm. something that they really just embraced. And um, I don't know. My my oldest has a special little heart. So I think that a lot of it is her lead. But Yeah.
0: yeah, it's been, it's really, really cool. Yeah. That's beautiful for moms that may have had a miscarriage recently or um or like maybe figuring out how to like share that with their kids, do you have any um tips or advice things that you you have done that um, has kind of um helped with that or been able to like put it in in terms that your kids can understand? Um, let's see
1: i I would definitely recommend naming the babies that, um, I mean, I think that helps just with grief and processing, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, And then with the kids, that gives them, um, I think it makes it a little more real because, you know, you tell them about a person and they have a name to put with it. Mm -hmm. Um, And we just told them, So with the first miscarriage we had, it was um, our first baby. So before my oldest and we hadn't told anyone we were pregnant. And um, so then after I had the miscarriage, it was just really difficult because um, we wanted our families to know. And, you know, those really close to us, but Mm. it was, it was, I found it to be extra heartbreaking that I, it was, like, I was pregnant, but I had a miscarriage. So we mm. never got, like, the celebration of that life without, like, the mourning, if that mm. makes
0: sense. Yeah, that's interesting. That does make sense. Mm-hmm. So um, after that, we decided that,
1: like, as soon as we find out we're pregnant, it's, um, <laughs> I mean, I don't go, like, shouting it from the rooftops. But we call <laughs> our kids, so I might as well be shouting it from the <laughs> yeah.
0: rooftops. Um,
1: so they know about it, and so then when we had the second miscarriage, um, let's see, Maggie would have been like three and a half, mm-hmm. I think, and um, it. So she knew about the baby before we miscarried. So then it was like, I don't know exactly how we said it, but something you know, like God gives us each a job to do on Earth before we can go to heaven, and um, this baby's job was done. And so, you know, she gets to be in heaven now with God and we're, we're so happy for her and we can ask her to pray for us. And, Mm. um, and we've since gone through the theology of like, you know, the church doesn't guarantee that babies are in heaven, but you know, we hope in the mercy of God and we can pray for them. And yeah, um, so we've gone back through that with uh, them now. And so now that my six year old's like, you know, well, we think they're in heaven, but we're not sure. So we're just going to pray for them. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to, I think it's hard to understand, but also they're so much simpler that Mm. they almost understand it better than we do, you know, and I think we kind of complicate things and, and it's just, it's really simple to them, you know, Mm There was a baby in mommy's tummy, and now the baby went to heaven, and that's that's really enough for them.
0: Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, that's so great. Thanks for sharing that. I think that's yeah, that's just really helpful. It's helpful to hear another mom's experience and another family's experience. And um, yeah, I love the way that you phrase that about you know we have a job here, and you know that. Our baby's job was done and now can go and be with Jesus. I think that's just like truth at their level and um, a beautiful way to to describe that. That's really neat. Yeah.
1: And they really take that and like, so they'll say, like, well, why can't we go to heaven now?
0: Well, your job's not done yet.
1: Like, mm-hmm. God still needs you to do work here. And so um, I think that it, it kind of helps with them understanding like their purpose too.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's great. I love that. Um, Well, Lindsay, I would love to ask you because uh, we were emailing back and forth and we were talking about um, bringing kids to daily mass because it's something I'm kind of just starting to (laughs) attempt, you know, bringing them maybe a couple days a week. Um, And you shared that you have been bringing your kids um, for a while now. So I would love to hear just a little bit about uh, when you decided to like prioritize bringing them to mass and, and why kind of the when and why. Okay. Um, so I guess it started because
1: daily mass was important to me. Um, and I would trace that back to Franciscan. like you said, there's like all these daily masses <laughs> yeah. offered. So it's, it's like kind of difficult not to go to daily mass. <laughs> <laughs> right. So really no excuse. Um so I I went to daily mass very consistently at Franciscan and then one Lent I felt like the Lord was asking me to um just give him the first part of my day so there was a mass on campus at 6:30 in the morning mm. and um I for Lent that was my sacrifice was I got up and went to the 6:30 mass every day mm. and um You know, of course, like being in college, it's not like I was going to bed very early and and six thirty in the morning seemed very, very early at that time. Right. Um, so I did that for Lent and it was just a really beautiful, fruitful Lent. Like Mm. the way that I ordered my day, um by putting mass first. Um I really loved that. So um That I think was a really big step in like my daily mass going. Um, And then I went, when we first got married, I was going to daily mass because I was a youth minister. So I worked for the church. It was really easy to, you know, once again to get to mass, but once my first was born and like I said, she rocked my world. (laughs) um, I did not go for several years. And so then after um, my second was born, I just kind of I think when you have like one or two kids like it's it's kind of easy you just kind of do whatever I didn't mean like it's easy to have one or two kids, but it's easy to <laughs> just like kind of go with the flow, whatever you feel like for the day, right, but once once I had my second, and I think she was about six months old, I like really needed some routine and structure in my life. Mm -hmm. And so I started getting up before my kids, um, for like to work out and to have some prayer time. And I really loved that. And then it was like, well, I'm up anyways, and my kids are up anyways. So like, maybe we should try going to daily mass. I'm like yeah. it, like really for me, because I missed it and I wanted to go. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's when I started when my oldest Maggie would have been like two, I guess, two and a half. Mm-hmm. And then Lucy was like six months old. Um, and I'm kind of an all or nothing person. So <laughs> we just went <flipped laughs> right in and started going every day. That's awesome. Um, and, I, I don't know. I really love it. And it's, I, we've gone pretty consistently since then um, with, you know, with exceptions of like after a baby's born, like we definitely don't make it all the time. And this past fall, my uh, then five-year-old Maggie broke her leg when I had a one, when Pax was one month old.
0: <laughs> so oh my goodness. Crazy. Yeah, it was a
1: challenging time in our lives and yeah. we definitely that was probably the longest streak that we like hadn't gone to mass and I missed mm-hmm. it so much. Yeah,
0: I I really just love it. Hmm. That's awesome. I I love hearing this and um when I had like put it out there on Instagram I got some questions back. So many questions were about like the baby toddler face. So so I love that like that's kind of when you started like bringing your kids and you know have gone um you know kept kept going with it. So I'd I'd love to hear a little bit about like maybe what that was like when you first started with bringing like babies toddlers and now what it's like with bringing all your kids. Um
1: it's a challenge yeah <laughs> um it's definitely challenging i mean i'm def- i'm not by any means saying that it's that it's easy or that you know it goes really well or mm-hmm. um, yeah any of that um i remember when we first started like you know the first couple of months of going with my two year old she'd be she was always trying to sneak out of the pew to Jenny Plect in the aisle. And I'm like, just stay in the <laughs> <laughs> And it was really sweet. She's Jenny Plecting out right. there. I've got a baby in my arms. <laughs> and like, can you just stay in the pew, please? Yeah. Um, and then she would, after communion, she would, she just, every time she would just shout, mess ended, Father. <laughs> 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 not quite, Maggie. Not quite. <laughs> I didn't. So I, yeah, it's definitely a challenge with, with the toddler and a baby and then they get a little older and it starts to get a little better and then you have another baby and so you're back in that toddler and baby phase. But I went for, and I like, at least for us at Daily Mass, I am the only, I think that I personally am about 20 years younger than anyone else there. Mm-hmm. Um so like there aren't other moms or other kids there. So, you know, any noise that my kids make, it's very clear that it is my kids and not anyone <laughs> else. Um yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I I feel like I've gotten a little off track from your questions.
0: Oh no, that's okay. That's great. I was just curious. Um, which you were talking about like the baby toddler phase and now um with your four kids. As as they get older, does it get like a little bit easier? But you were saying as then you introduce a new baby, you kinda go back to that phase. So
1: yeah. I mean now Maggie will um sometimes hold the baby. So that is Oh, okay. Yeah. And it's to the point where like if I do take a screaming toddler to the back of the church, I feel mostly okay with leaving my six, four and baby in the pew, kind of, (laughs) like, I'm always like, oh, gosh, I really hope they will, like, start screaming while I'm back here. (laughs) Um, And, you know, more recently in the past, I think past year or so, my um, in-laws have started going to mass. So now sometimes I have an extra, well, that's, that's, my husband has always gone, like, once, maybe twice a week. So sometimes I have help from him. Yeah. And then, um, now my in-laws go sometimes. So it's not like I can count on having help there, but I'm always really grateful when I do have an extra adult and grandma and grandpa really, um,
0: they're a great distraction for the kids. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, okay. So I, I would love to ask you kind of like a, trifold question about noise, like noisiness. (laughs) Um, so, so someone had said like, since daily mass can be especially quiet. And as you just mentioned, like, especially if you're the only family, how do you kind of deal with that? And at, and at what point of like loud or crying, do you like take kids out of the sanctuary? Um, and then my third, my final part of that question is, do you ever have any like negative um, comments from people about you bringing like noisy, like having noisy kids at mass? Yeah. Um,
1: so as far as dealing with the noise, um, we, for Sunday mass, we sit in the very front of the church mm-hmm. because I've found that my kids behave so much better when they can actually see what's going on. Yeah. And they're not just looking at the backs of people. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. So I'm a big believer in that we, we always sit up front on Sunday. But that uh, being said, daily mass, you know, there's much fewer people. And um, the noise is like magnified. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, we sit towards the back um, at daily mass. And, you know, that's fine because there's not a bunch of people blocking the kids view. So they can right. still see... And I have a quicker escape with any child who's being noisy. Right. Okay. So then, as far as like when I leave with a noisy kid, um, I my goal is always our goal. I mean, my husband too. Like our goal is always to stay in the pew for mass. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I really I really think that um, the best the best thing for the kids is just practice. Like, Mm. I don't think there's, you know, a better way to teach them how to act during mass than just practice. Mm. And with practice comes a whole lot of, um, you know, practicing wrong. Yeah. Um, so we do, we try and stay in the pew, but you know, like if it's something that's not going to be resolved right away, then then we're running out of the church. Mm. (laughs) Um, so I don't know it's such a hard I, it's another balance I guess to find is that, that balance between like trying to stay but like also being respectful of other people and leaving when necessary but yes the third part you asked about other people um I I have h- had such positive <laughs> um feedback or comments from people about That's awesome yeah so I'm really really thankful for that and I imagine it's not just my parish you know like I know that there can be some grumpy people and I've seen some really horrific exchanges between people Mm -hmm. you know like older people and then parents with their kids and I just want to oh gosh I don't I won't even get into that but um really overall people are so kind um a lot of the older people at Mass have just like adopted my kids as like I don't know little grandkids or great grandkids. Yeah, they just <laughs> love seeing them. So I would say by far the most common comment I get is, "We are so glad that you bring your kids to Mass, and we just love seeing them. Whenever mm. you're not here, we really miss seeing them in the morning," mm. um, which is so sweet. And they, my kids, have like developed special little relationships with some of the you um, know, old mass ladies. Yeah. <laughs> I just love to see them. Yeah. So I would say, you know, like for the most part, people are really, really happy that you're there. Mm. And they love to see the kids. And I think they appreciate if you have a screaming kid that you take them, you know, to back of the church or the crime room or whatever.
0: But overall,
1: like, I don't think that the little noises bother people. At least that's not been my experience.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, that's so good. I think that has been my experience Um, with, you know, just now starting to kind of get into, you know, a couple days a week going, is people will say, like, thank you for bringing your kids to Mass, or it's so great to see kids at Mass. Even when they're kind of crazy, they'll, like, be like, oh, your kids are doing so well. <laughs> so it's, it's just, it it is awesome. So I don't know if it's that just, like, daily Mass crowd that's just, like, so happy to see, you know, children being brought to mass, but yeah, that's awesome.
1: Yeah. So when the average age of the church, you know, of the people in the church is like way over 60, I think yeah. that they enjoy having younger people and saying like, obviously daily mass is something that's very important to them. And so to see someone younger and little kids that have made it a priority too, I think that, I think
0: that they really enjoy that. Mm. Yeah. That's awesome. awesome. Um, okay. So another question I wanted to ask you about was, uh, which you mentioned, you know, one of the reasons why you started kind of getting back into daily mass was because you yourself were missing going to daily mass. And, um, someone was asking like, how do you have the energy for daily mass? Um, you know, for people who were regular mass goers before, um, before having kids and then started having kids and, you know, or trying to figure out um, like, I'm, I don't know, maybe it's as I'm asking the question, I'm kind of thinking through it myself. Maybe it's like a morning thing. Maybe you like start your day in the morning or I don't know. How, how do you feel like you have the energy for, for bringing your kids to daily mass? Um, I mean, it's definitely a struggle sometimes. Yeah. Um, my
1: two year old currently Wants to live in his pajamas, and so every single morning I get him up and he throws this huge fit because I have to take his pajamas off <laughs> and get him dressed. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, like you're you could be tired from being up at night with the kids, and um, then, you know, it's challenging at mess. Sometimes, you know, you're hardly you hardly hear anything because you're taking one kid out, you're taking another kid out they've been moving around and you know, like you can't focus on anything. Like it's definitely um, a challenge, but I guess how do you have the energy? Um, I just know that my day goes better when it starts with mass. Mm. And I think like, obviously part of that is just grace. Yeah. Um, but also it starts our day the same way, you mm. know, every day it, Um, orders our day and um, I really thrive on that personally and my kids um, my oldest Maggie is is also the same she's like me like really needs structure Mm -hmm. but kids in general thrive on structure and so going to mass and them knowing what to expect in the morning I mean like we're up at the same time every morning we're out the door at the same time so there's never like a question there and I think that that kind of on the days where I'm not when I, I don't have the energy like for this for the sole purpose of like I love mess and I love Jesus and I, <laughs> I want to go mm-hmm. like just I know that it orders our day better mm. when we go and so that kind of will give me the extra push mm. when I'm struggling in other areas
0: yeah yeah that's awesome that really does help I think I think you're right I think having I think it's like a commitment thing. Um, And then just committing to that routine. And then, you know, of course, as you mentioned, like your love for Jesus, but then in addition to that, like having that routine for your kids and that structure, um, I can imagine would, would help give you, (laughs) give you the energy to choose that every day as well. Um,
1: Yeah. Like going to daily mass at Franciscan,
0: you know, it really ordered my
1: day. Like setting that as the first priority, mm-hmm. um, and I, I had shared with you the article. Um, uh, our priest, we have two priests at our parish right now, mm-hmm. and one was just ordained this past June. He's twenty-seven years old. Wow, that's is so really exciting! Really cool. Yeah, uh, um, he this past fall sent us an article. It's called. Um, Mom's at Mass and other heroes. Hmm. And um, the fa- it's written by a father of oh, he's got a lot of kids. So I'm like 10 or not even sure. But um, something he wrote in there is that morning Mass is a deeply ordered act which the mom manages to set up at the start of the day, at a time of life that inherently resists order. Hmm. And I think that that, like, as far as the order, ordering your day goes. Like it is so hard with kids to have a structured morning, you know. Like they yeah. wake up at a different time. Someone's really cranky, or you know, if not that kid, then the other kids are really cranky. <laughs> like, so it's just I, I really, um, I, I think the order is really important. Hmm. I think that's a really big driving factor for me. And God, it create, God creation is ordered. You know, like hmm. we're made for order yeah and so to be able to order our day in such a way that we've placed mass and like the sacrifice of the mass at the very beginning and like allowing that to kind of set the tone or even order the rest of our day i think is a really mm. really cool thing mm.
0: Mm. yeah that's awesome yeah i'll link to that article in the show notes as well for people um that want to check it out i i I thought it was great, and and yeah, just going off of what you're saying, like even if, like the only ordered part of our day is like bringing our kids to Jesus in the morning, I mean that's like the best thing that we could possibly do. Um, So I just yeah, I love that you have made this a priority, and it's just like a part of your family life, and it's it's awesome to to see that, especially with young kids. Um, Do you feel like there was a certain age when you, like, transitioned from, um, or maybe your kids are all still, um, you know, in this place, you know, because none of your kids are at the age of reason yet, but um, to transition from, like, the playing or, like, reading or coloring or whatever at Mass to, like, having them pay attention or, like, helping them to, to pay attention to different parts of the mass, did you feel like there was, like, an age where you kind of transitioned or are you still kind of in that first phase?
1: Um, I think there's, there's definitely been transitions, um, and I think that it definitely depends on the kid. like, obviously, with all things with kids, you can give an age, but that's gonna vary based on the personality of the, the particular child, Right. Um, yeah So I would say, for my older two girls, both um, by the time they were four, they um, we expect them to at least be um, doing the same postures as as everybody else, so mm, okay. if we're standing, they need to be standing if we're sitting they're sitting, if we 're kneeling they're kneeling. Um, and so I would say that is a transition where, like, the two-year-old, I if he's relatively quiet and not like moving around too much, you know, like then I'm happy. Yeah. Um. But then uh, Maggie is actually preparing for her first communion this year, and so oh, okay, I feel like that is a good. That's a big transition point where, like, right, how she really like, I don't think it's appropriate for her to be playing or, you know, she really needs to be much more attentive um, at that point. But Mm -hmm. I think, but like I said, that depends on the kid. And she, I think we required, we, we had her, you know, doing whatever we were doing probably earlier than, than Lucy. But by four, they both were definitely ready, you know, like at a point and they'll flip. We don't we don't bring any toys or anything to mass, but they'll flip through the missiles. Um mm-hmm. so that's really kind of the extent of it. As yeah. far as like playing.
0: Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That's helpful. Yeah, our um our four year old Lucy, <laughs> um, we have um kind of like noticed, okay, we're we're at that point and, and even with um PJ a little bit too, where, you know, definitely like at the consecration you know we're trying to say to her like okay this is really the most important part of mass this is where um you know jesus is going to come to us and you're going to see the priest holding up communion and that's jesus and so for that part you can either be like standing next to us like on the kneeler usually <laughs> so they can see a little bit or or you can be kneeling and so sometimes like she'll choose to kneel, but then she can't really see anything or she'll just like stand nicely next to us. And, um, yeah, but I think, I think you're, I think that's so spot on with saying like, okay, maybe around, you know, of course all kids are different, but like the age of four, they're able to like start kind of copying your postures. Like when you, you know, when you're standing or kneeling, they are at the age where they can kind of do that as well with you. Um, yeah, that's good. Um so you guys you don't normally bring um toys or do you bring uh like little mass books or do you not even usually bring mass books? We usually
1: really don't bring anything,
0: yeah um,
1: mm. I yeah don't that's- know that
0: I'm like necessarily
1: opposed to like a I'm not opposed to a mass book, but it's it really it ends up being our kids fight over them <laughs> like, yeah I bring three and then I have to remember to bring them in with me so um. Yeah, I do. I'll bring, like, a little, you have a stuffed St. Maximo and Colby that I'll bring in for Colby's, too, just okay. as kind of, like, a little bribe. Like, because really, I guess the whole philosophy is that we want to make it more desirable for them to be sitting or to be in the pew participating you know behaving Mm
0: -hmm. than to be in
1: the back of the church and sometimes that can be hard because they're like great I got to come to the back of the church now I can run all around and yeah um, so it's like if they start screaming in mass they win because now they're playing back the church so we've always um just we if if we have to take a kid to the back, they're in our arms so they can't get down. Yeah. Um, and then like, I have started bringing the little stuffed, um, Saint doll for him just as like a, Oh, but you know, when you're in the pew, you can have a little toy, but, Oh, I have to take it away. If I have to take you out, right. you know, just like a little, cause he, you know, two year olds are still, they can't, they just don't
0: understand it that well. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. That's good. I, I, um, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, I think one of the best pieces of advice we got for bringing our kids to mass was a family who told us if they ever need to bring a child to the back, they always hold them so that the child knows like, okay, if I go to the back, I'm just going to have to be held by mom or dad and I'm not going to be able to just run around. Um, yeah. And I think that's been really, that's been really helpful for us too, to kind of have that. So it's, um, Yeah, that's a that makes it you There's know. like a
1: consequence. Yeah. The like consequence for going back to the to the back of the church rather than it being a reward for your
0: right. poor behavior. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it's interesting about the books because we, we do bring mass books, um, but it's funny because sometimes, you know, if we don't get the mass books out, the kids end up, you know, behaving just as well or sometimes even better. because you're right. They're not like arguing over which book they get (laughs) or things like that. And, um, I heard, uh, Sally Clarkson, she was talking on her podcast about, um, uh, she's, she's Protestant, but she was talking about going to a church girl, going to church services and like how some sermons could be especially long. And what she would do with her kids would be to just like with some of her children, especially who like physical touch was kind of like their love language, hold them and kind of like cuddle them or, um, like even hold their hand or like rub their back, um, during like the sermon and how she noticed that that would help them to like sit still. And so I started doing that a little bit with our kids and I have noticed, I think that does help, um, definitely with my, with my son, um, and even with with Lucy too to, I think because it's like, I don't have a lot of time usually in the day to, even if I am like reading a book and kind of cuddling with them, it's not usually an hour of sit down time, like on mom's lap. And so to have that at mass is kind of like a special thing as well. So, um, yeah, anyways, I just, I've done that a couple times and I've noticed it was, it was helpful. So I just thought I'd mention it for people that want to try that method as well.
1: Yeah, that's great.
0: Yeah. And then um, let's see, what was the other thing I wanted to ask you about? Oh, um, so I'm guessing you probably don't do um, snacks um, at mass either because I I had a few questions about that, like especially for like the when you're switching from like baby to toddler phase, (laughs) you know, the Cheerio phase, um, like what your thoughts were on bringing snacks to help keep keep the toddlers quiet yeah I love that the cheerio phase yeah (laughs) (laughs) the description of it um we don't
1: I feel like with a lot of this stuff it's just you know if we if we bring snacks for them well first of all there's older kids and then they're gonna want the snacks and then it's like why does they why do they get sick and I don't and Hmm. yeah I mean I'm sure you can overcome that but um then I just feel like then when is the wine that they don't get snacks anymore? Hmm. You know, like at what point do they not, I don't know. It's just not been something that we've, that we've felt like was necessary,
0: I guess. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's helpful. I think, um, yeah, a lot of these questions, it's kind of like figuring out like what has been, you know, helpful for other moms and, yeah, what what works for you? And I think that's a great point about the we don't do snacks either. But um, I, I think that's a great point about the like the age thing. Like then if you're starting it, you're trying to figure out, OK, like what age do we stop? Having said that, I know some families that do snacks and it it works for them for those like early years. So, yeah, I think it's it's hard. I heard um Dr. Ray, he's
1: like a big
0: Catholic Radio
1: or TV guy, mm-hmm. um, a marriage and family therapist. I think he is. Anyways, he was asked one time about like taking kids to mass. and so hard, and he had said that the hardest age is from ten to twenty months. Oh, okay, that's for most. Great. Of, yeah, for most of my kids, that has been true. Hmm. Um, and I would say that's like the Cheerio age. That's like the yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe the Cheerios get you through that that extra tough part it's kind of the the point where they're getting more vocal but they really can't understand be quiet yeah you know and they're getting more mobile um so you've got that challenge too um so it is that definitely the cheerio age is definitely a hard age at mass
0: yeah yeah, yeah that's interesting I think that that age range that you mentioned has been probably the most difficult for us as well because we're kind of at the point now, um, you know, before we have this baby, where we're not really having to take trips to the the back of church very often, like our kids do relatively well. And I think it's because we've kind of gone out of that stage. Whereas, you know, before we moved here to Ohio, um, when we were in Minnesota still, I remember it was like, probably like three or four times during mass, we were like making that long walk and we'd sit towards the front too. And so it was like, okay, what's the balance of, are we a distraction for people or, but, um, yeah, Cameron would say that it would be good for, it's good for our humility. It's like the the walk of humility, but, um, yeah. So I, that's interesting about that, that age. I think that's, there's a lot of truth to that. That's very neat. Um okay so I would love to ask you what have been some of the fruits that you've seen in your life and maybe have you seen like in your kids' lives um from taking them to daily mass So something that I
1: love is um how much scripture my kids know and um I have not gotten I have not done like the scripture memorization with my kids yeah, um, and that's like a point that I—I I don't know—I'd like to get to, but I just haven't committed to it. But I'm always so um, in, impressed, and just—it just makes me feel so good when like my kids are at home playing Mass because that's what we do every day, you know. So like that's <laughs> yeah. what they want to play, that's and they're awesome. like reciting scripture, <laughs> like look at that. They can't tell you the book and the verse, but like, they know scripture. That's you know, so because awesome. They're hearing so much of it, you know, like whatever, half an hour, 40 minutes of it every day. Yeah. Um, so I I think that has definitely been a fruit, just, yeah, how much they've picked up from that. I think that um, making daily mass like a priority and the first part of our day like, helps with the Catholic culture, you know, that we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just such a regular part of their lives that, you know, that's, like, seriously, their most common thing they play is Mass. That's um, awesome. So I, I really love that, too. Um, I also, it's helped us to, I mean, it's, I guess it's one way that we've developed more personal relationships with our priests. And um one of the things that they, you know, if anyone's talking about how to promote vocations in your family, vocations to priesthood, um, you know, a relationship with a priest is one of the top things that anyone will tell you. And so I'm really grateful for that part too, just it kinda of normalizes them and they know my kids and they know my kids' names and um they're so so sweet and you know welcoming and so I love that part too. Um Maggie hat like really, really wants to receive communion. Mm -hmm. So that's like a great grace and fruit of going to mass. Um I guess order like I said earlier. And then ultimately just like the grace that we receive, we you will never know. But Mm -hmm. you know, like I, I know that overall my days are better when I've gone to mass in the morning. Um, and that was another part that I, the article that I mentioned earlier, um, part, he just really gets it. Like you can tell that he's a dad of many kids and he like, he understands how difficult it is to take kids to mass. And he talked about, you know, like the toddler throws a tantrum when you're trying to get them dressed and you've got to put all their coats on and you know that as soon as you get in the church, you have to take them off again. (laughs) He's like, he really gets it. Mm -hmm. Um, But he said in the article, she cannot feel the grace that she gains at the mass and that flows out from her to her family, relatives, friends, and prayer intentions. But as an exercise of faith, she trusts that it is so. Because, I mean, like, that's the truth. Because in, you know, like, you've got kids and it's distracting and sometimes you don't hear anything. But despite all of that, there is still grace you know to be received and to be had and so I don't know on those days where I sit in the pews I'm like why do I do this (laughs) why did we come um like that's really what gets me through like we'll never know how much grace that was you know but but I know that it's
0: there Mm, I love that you said that that's just that's so true it's really beautiful I love that Um, So kind of along those lines for moms who are hearing this and now know like, okay, I can try this and it's probably gonna be a little crazy, but there are moms out there that do it. Like there's a mom out there that takes her kids to mass. Um, Do you have like any tips or advice just for for getting started for making it a a priority with with their kids?
1: Um, I mean, I really think that it's just Matter of practice, you know. I always, always say people will compliment our kids' behavior, and like you said, it's like usually after they've thrown a huge fit. Did did you actually see our kids doing (laughs) this because I'm not sure what you're thinking, but oh, your kids are so good. I'm like, well, it takes practice, you know, and like Mm -hmm. they practice every day. So we probably have just as many, you know, issues as anyone else. Yeah. But um we go more i don't know i think it really just takes practice and mm-hmm. and knowing that it's not too much to ask from your kids i think there's this mentality in our culture that um you can't expect kids to sit quietly for any amount of time mm-hmm. um but it's really not too much to <laughs> ask of kids and and i think sometimes the problem is that Mass is the only time that our kids are asked to sit quietly. You know, like mm. it's so easy and so common to just throw a screen in front of a kid anytime they have to wait for anything
0: yeah. or you know,
1: sit quietly at a restaurant or um waiting for a doctor's appointment, or you know whatever the case may be. Like it's pretty easy to just you know put a screen in front of them. But then mass is the only time that we've asked them to sit quietly and you can't figure out why they won't, you know, like, but they haven't practiced that anywhere else. Um, so I think just practice is a big thing and, and knowing that like it's kids are capable of it and it's not always going to be pretty, but like it's possible to do. Um, and then I would say like, just keep going. Like there are bad, bad days. <laughs> we have had some real doozies, you know, where, <laughs> Um, I, I think the worst ones I can think of, my husband was there. So like one of us ends up with a kid like in the car because they were too loud in the cry room, (laughs) um, you know, and just totally misses and ass like we've had bad days. We, oh, and like embarrassing things (laughs) like, Mm. um, Maggie, when she was probably two, we were sitting in the front. And she was throwing a fit and she somehow kicked her shoe off her foot and it landed up like on the altar area right in front of father. <laughs> and we were like, uh. no. <laughs> then we had to go retrieve it. I mean, it was just. Yeah. So, so um, actually not that long ago, we were walking up to communion and the kids kind of dilly dally. And so I'm always kind of giving them little nudges to get them moving forward and, we get up to Father, and he'll give them a blessing. But you know, there's just this crowd of kids, so I'm like trying to shuffle them to like, get up to the front. And so I gave Colby a little nudge, and he tripped over Maggie and landed face down on Father's shoe. I mean, like, oh, no. and, like, and just laid there. And so I had to like hurry over, you know, with the baby in my arms, and like pick him up by the arm. <laughs> so embarrassing I mean so I don't know like, we all have bad days mm-hmm. and I think you just gotta
0: keep going mm-hmm. that's so good that is so refreshing to hear that and I think that's really insightful what you were saying about um how our kids don't have a lot of times to practice um you know that qu- sitting quietly and um wow that's so true I hadn't really thought about that but um you You know, we are quick to, you know, oh, we're waiting at the doctor. Oh, you can watch a show or something like that. And uh, that's just, I think that's really insightful to say, like, oh, it just is something that takes practice. And we don't have a lot of times in our day, maybe, where our kids are practicing that. Um, I think that's great. And then also, uh, the communion line is always (laughs) something that's kind of funny for us, too, because I feel like, you know, kids just don't have, like, personal space like understanding so they're like always like bumping into the person in front of them like I try and like corral them in front of me but then it ends up being like we repeatedly bump into the person in front of us because it's like they don't get the you know you have to stop and (laughs) wait a little bit and uh that's so funny and I appreciate you sharing those stories because I think it just like it makes it real like you know, other moms are doing this. You're doing this, and it's something that you know that we can try and do. And I, I love that. Um. So, Lindsay, how have you seen the Lord at work in your life the last year? Oh man, um,
1: I so many ways. <laughs> um. So this year, I felt the uh, I felt like called to dedicate this year, like this calendar year. To our lady, um, so I, you know, like, okay, well, you know, here you go, Mary, it's yours, and then that has just been confirmed and reconfirmed so many times. And I'm always so grateful when the Lord will confirm things for me, you know, like, yeah, yeah, I I think you said this, and so I'm gonna do it, and then He, you know, like. So generously will will confirm it in your life. So the weirdest way or uniquest way maybe that the Lord has worked in my life recently, um, this lady at daily mass, um, has has given me like some hand-me-down boy clothes before, mm-hmm. which we're always so grateful for. Um, and the other day she's like, "I have some stuff in my car for you." I said, "Okay." So she <laughs> brought it over, and it was like a bunch of stuff. Like she was. I think like taking a load to the thrift store and decided to give it to us instead. Aww. So like wasn't just boy stuff like boy yeah. clothes. It was like all sorts of things. I was like, oh well, you know that was nice. And mm. so I got home and I started going through it, and there were like so many random things that I like had been looking for and like couldn't find like at a store or something that I had like looked at and wanted to buy but didn't want to spend the money on it wow all these random things I was like how did she put all these things together (laughs) because it was like clearly you know meant for me like Mm. it was crazy and so then I got to the bottom of the bag and there was a rosary down there and I was like there we go it was was like like this random year of our lady gift Mm. for me
0: I guess that's beautiful. I that gives know. me goosebumps. Wow. Yeah. It was so cool. It, That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. That's really great. Um, so have you done other things? So with offering this year to our lady, are there particular like devotions you're trying to do more or something you're reading? Um I it's kind of just been I started saying I'm
1: trying to say rosary every day. Mm-hmm. So that would be like the big big thing that I have done but kind of just I don't know letting our lord and our lady have it and see where it takes us but it's been really interesting Mm -hmm. um the way that it has come up like I went to a they had like a little half day retreat in our parish and first one of the year was like the theme was Mary awesome (laughs) Yeah. yeah My husband went to this yearly men's conference that he goes to, and the theme for that this year was Mary. So he came home, like, super on fire about it, and, like, I don't know. It's been – so, yeah, I don't know if there's anything – nothing else comes to mind that I'm, like,
0: you know, set on doing this year, but Mm -hmm. um, we'll see. Yeah, that's neat. I love that. Um, And what is your favorite part of your home and Why? hmm so I just read um
1: homebody by Joanna Gaines oh okay. and so I've um been using it as a verb I've been saying I've been homebodying my home um it's <laughs> just it's kind of driving my husband a little bit crazy because I keep making things and he's like can't find anything <laughs> um but it's so great because it's making our house better <laughs> so Something that she actually, like her book was inspiration for me to do is we moved into this house, um, four and a half years ago. And we've been saying since we moved in that we were going to make this big chapel area and, Hmm. um, like in our guest room and we've never done it. And so I, like her book just kind of gave me the push I needed. And so I hung up this crucifix that I bought for the chapel that we've never actually hung up. And I hung it up in our room, which is not where it was planned, but it's been so nice that, you know, like mm-hmm. I finally just did it. And I really love having that little area where we can say our family prayers. And um, so, yeah, right now I'm really happy with my little home altar that, you know, four and a half years into it, we finally, mm. <laughs> finally did.
0: That's awesome. So, so you have it in your room now or is it in the guest room? The- it is in
1: our room. Yeah. Okay that's so that's just where we had room and it worked and it was like no no time like the present (laughs) yeah I just need to make it somewhere and um it wasn't gonna happen in the guest room anytime Mm -hmm. soon so
0: that's so great I love that it is nice having a specific spot for like family prayer like family prayer personal prayer whatever it might be we um have been uh, trying to do our family rosary a little bit more consistently. And we usually do it in the living room. And we do kind of have a little bit of like a little, um, home prayer space kind of in the corner of the living room. And so for the last decade, not for the whole, <laughs> whole rosary, for, for the last decade, we try and have the kids like, um, either, sit nicely or, or, or they can kneel and we try and do like the beads for the last decade with them just so they can, you know, get used to it and understand how, how the rosary works. And, um, I think a huge difference was like doing it actually in like a family prayer space. Cause it feels like, oh, this is like a special place that's kind of like set apart. Um, yeah. So that's, that's neat. I think it's cool to have that, that space. A candle because i feel like that's another thing that like kids are our... we don't but we should do that actually yeah we have a couple other things like for lent we just added a um like i don't know if you've heard of like the bean jar where you do like a, where the kids if they um do an act of charity or service can then put like a bean into the jar and then on easter the beans they're just like dried beans then you can replace them with like jelly beans (laughs) and so yeah so we we put that up kind of by our like prayer space as well with like some purple cloth so it feels like um yeah just like a little bit different too with the the change of seasons but we should do a candle there that would that would be perfect actually (laughs) so yeah I think I think you're right lighting a candle is special for kids too so Any excuse to be able to blow out a candle, I think. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, that's right. (laughs) Um, And then my last question for you is: Do you have any mom hacks to share, or something that's making your life a little easier?
1: Um, I would say I'm gonna go with um, teaching kids to read a digital clock. Oh. So, um, we I think maybe. I think we probably tried when Maggie was like two Mm -hmm. um, to teach her to read the clock so that she wouldn't get up in the morning until seven. So that's like our little trick. Like you're like, they can be awake in their room and playing, playing in their bed quietly. Right. Um, But like, we don't get up until seven and that also helps to order a day, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, because they're not like my kids. I don't know about your kids, but my kids will be up, so early like if I just let them come out they would probably be you know out at 3 a.m these days I don't, it's yeah. just crazy so like you've got to draw the line somewhere so um yeah we we've just taught them to read a digital clock which I went and bought one from the thrift store for like a dollar yeah I have one and then I covered up the two minute um digits so that all they could see was the hour for a while Okay. So like when that says 7, then you can, you know, then you can get up. and oh. um we've since like uncovered the other two digits cuz then they'll just come out and be like how long till 7? How long? Till seven? <laughs> so, but they're very capable of learning to read it quite early. So, I would say that is One of my favorite mom hacks, Um, and that my mom, my mom told me to do that. She's like, I did that with you guys when you were little because you would be up so early. Yeah, for me too. That's awesome. That's
0: awesome. I really love that. I think we might have to try that. Um, Yeah, something (laughs) I've been doing now. I'm kind of like embarrassed to say this, but um, so I'm in the third trimester of pregnancy, of course, and I'm feeling like so tired. And even when the kids get up in the morning and like they do great, they usually play in their room for a while in the morning. I'm still just like exhausted and it's hard for me to get out of bed. So we have like a, a smart home, uh, Alexa, hopefully I don't set everyone else's little echo machines off by saying that. But, um, and, uh, so when they come (laughs) into my room, I say, can you go set a timer for 10 minutes and when when it goes off then then I'll then I'll come out and and we'll start breakfast and so this has been like my little thing that I've been doing in the morning since being in third trimester is then they'll go out and they'll like have our little smart uh, echo speaker set an alarm and then it'll go off in 10 minutes and then they'll come get me and they'll say mom it's been 10 minutes <laughs> so <laughs> that's kind of a funny morning routine we've been into recently but um, I love the idea of having the the digital clock I think that's awesome and um, I think that's so smart to cover the other two until they get used to like seeing the seven and kind of understanding that And
1: well that it says seven but it's like you know Five you're like no right <laughs> um yeah. and the digital clock works for nap time too so we have oh that's awesome quiet time well I still have two and a half nappers but yeah. um everybody has quiet time and I'll just say it because sometimes we need to hear that another mom does it to feel like it's okay to do but we have two hours of quiet time every day Oh, that's awesome. Wow. So it is nap time, or quiet time from one to three. And then once the clock says three, then we can all get up. Wow. <laughs> Mom's pretty happy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the clock works for that too.
0: Um, so did you have to work your way up to that or you were pretty much able to just commit to the two hour thing right away?
1: Um, I think we kind of worked up to it. I yeah. mean, like when they're young, they sleep that long. Right. You know? Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. Yeah, I guess we've kind of, and it's varied a little, but I don't know. I always feel like that, you know, like sometimes as a mom, you're like, that would be cruel to make my kids have two hours of quiet time. And then you hear that someone else does it and you're like, oh,
0: well, okay. So yeah. just
1: saying it so that Maybe someone else can feel okay with
0: having That's awesome. Yeah, I, I think it's totally doable. And I see uh now especially at my kids' ages them like enjoying like playing together it's, or playing by themselves. So yeah, that's neat. Um it's so good for them. That's
1: like the other side of it. It's like it's really good for me to have some time to get stuff done, to have so, like, you know, some time where I'm not being talked at constantly. Right. But like my kids also are much better they're they you can tell that they feel better when they've had some time to themselves Mm. so like we all benefit from the time
0: yeah that's awesome that's so great um well Lindsay thank you so much for uh chatting with me and um just sharing like your experience in your motherhood and I just so appreciate it and I know it's going to be beneficial for for women listening so thank you so much for for being here and chatting with me
1: thank you for having me
0: Amber. yeah let me go ahead and close this in a prayer lord jesus thank you so much for uh this time to share with one another today and i pray for all of the moms listening and especially any moms that are feeling um you know a call on their heart to start um whether it be like a regular mass routine lord or a regular prayer routine that uh, you would just um, make your graces known to them and um, that you would help them with just establishing the practice. And Lord Jesus, we we thank you for this day and we thank you for our families. And um, we offer this time to you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hi friends, I felt so encouraged after this chat with Lindsay to start developing a little more order to my day with the kids, especially with attempting to bring them to daily mass more often. I also loved Lindsay's thoughts on talking with our kids about miscarriage and found what she shared so helpful for approaching a difficult topic with such grace and care. Our next series for the podcast is going to be several episodes I have recorded with women sharing thoughts and experiences from their lives as moms. I think we'll just call it Reflections on Motherhood. I'm excited to share those with you. Thanks for listening in today. Until next time, you all are in my prayers. God bless.